This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. This message is taught by Pastor TJ McCormick in our series, Too Many Shades of Grey. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. We're, we're talking about too many shades of gray. You know, we're talking about the things that uh, are not necessarily the things that are talked about all the time in church. And we believe that, you know, we got to talk about those things because there are some gray areas of our lives. There are some areas that are kind of shady. And God doesn't want us to live in those shady areas, but he wants us to break free and to live in the light and truly experience this incredible life. I don't think God just meant for us to live an ordinary, boring life, but he wants us to live our life in the fullest. And we've been talking over the last couple of weeks about how do we, how do we move out of some of these areas that aren't necessarily things that we like to talk about, that we don't like to bring into the open. In the first week we dove in and we talked about addictions and we talked about things that, that are happening behind the scenes that if other people were to see or to hear or to find out about, you know, that we don't think are a really big deal because nobody else knows, but if it were to come into to the light, all of a sudden it would be a game changer for us. It would totally change how we see, see things. We wouldn't want anybody to know about those things. And so we talked about, man, we've got to really see and discover that God wants us to, to bring those things to him and to confess to him and discover that through Christ we can have forgiveness. But it's when we go and we get other people involved in our lives that the Bible says that we can truly experience not just forgiveness, but we can truly experience healing in our lives. And last week, Pastor Terry talked about sex and, and you know, how some of us are, are dealing with some sexual things and sexual addictions and all these different things. And he talked about how we can, we can come together and we can find community, we can find accountability, that we can break free from some of the chains that have held us back in that particular area of our lives. And in the kind of the theme verse for this series has been this verse out of Proverbs 28, 13. And it says, he who conceals his sin does not prosper. You know, when we keep things that are in our lives, that are kind of the gray areas of our lives that we don't want anybody else to see, then when we keep that stuff hidden in our lives because we know that if, if it was to be exposed to somebody else, man, that people would look differently at us, would feel differently about us, that those things, man, it causes our life not to prosper. It says, but he who confesses and renounces them, it's the person who brings those things into light that says, you know what, I'm not gonna live in the shady areas anymore, but I'm gonna bring those things to the light. It says that he, he finds mercy in those, those things when he confesses them and renounces them, when he turns away from walking in those things, he finds the very thing that we're all looking for, and when he's, that's mercy and grace. And I believe that God is going to wanna free some of you guys up from some things. And today we're gonna be talking about this whole idea that a lot of people that are out there, man, we have like this, these secret areas of our lives, particularly when it comes to our past. That we have these gray areas of our lives when, we, when it comes to our past that we don't necessarily wanna bring out. And, and, it, and this is huge because so many of us, and myself included, as I was studying for this and as I was looking at this, you know, we end up getting trapped in our past. We end up getting trapped in this place or we get attached to our past where we, we're living with those things all around us all the time, keeping us from living this life that God truly intended for us. And what happens is we end up living in this life of regret where we have the could'ves and the should'ves and the would'ves. You know, if I could have done this or I would have done that. And we, we think to ourselves, man, if I could just get past this thing, but this past thing continues to hold us back from seeing and fulfilling the thing that God really wants in our lives. And a lot of us look back in our lives and say to ourselves, man, if I would have only done this in that situation, or if I only would have said that, or if I, I wouldn't have said that thing, and man, then everything would be different. 
And what happens is, is a lot of us end up with some shame in our life. We end up with some things that, that we're ashamed of, that we, we walk around and it's like this, this guilt that's heaped upon us. And maybe for you, it's, it's some debt you've accumulated in your life. And, and because you've accumulated it and, it's, and it seems like it's so excessive in your life that you're just like, man, I, you know what, I'm ashamed of this thing. Maybe for you, it's you have the big D in your life, not diarrhea, but maybe you have a divorce. You know, and, and you look at your life and you feel like you have a, a D tattooed on your head and that nobody could ever love you because you have this divorce and there's, there's no way you could ever have a, another healthy relationship. And it's like this, this mark of shame upon you because that first relationship didn't work out. And so therefore you look at it and say, man, I'm probably no relationships going to work out in your life. Maybe, maybe for some of you, it's, you've been lying. Maybe you've been cheating on some things. Maybe if you're a student in here and you've been cheating in school. Maybe you're, you're an adult in here and you've been cheating on some things at work and you've been, you've been lying about some things at work and you have this, this shame in your life because you know that the way that you're living is that you're just a poser, you're just a fake because you're not really living in the truth. Maybe for some of you, you, you had an abortion when you were younger and you've been living with this guilt and this shame because you... You, you did that. Maybe for some of you, it's that you've had an affair with somebody else. And nobody else knows that it's happened in your life, but yet it's become this area that's, that's hidden in your life, and it's in this gray area. And, and everything you do in your life is always kind of sitting there relying, hoping that nobody ever finds out. Maybe for some of you, you've been a victim of abuse. You know, or maybe you abuse somebody and you've been living with this guilt and the shame of what's happened to you. And I know in my own life, I, I, I live with some, with some things that, you know, are just hard for me. Some areas of my life that I just struggle with continuously. And it doesn't matter what I do, I seem to have this, this shame. And, and as I was studying this, I, I, I thought I'd gotten past some of these things. But I, I really was discovering as I was... I was thinking about this message this week and there's two areas of my life that, man, I just, I just find myself continually going back and, and just being ashamed of. And, and I know some of them might sound ridiculous to you, but, but one of them is, is my weight. You know, I, I'm continuously ashamed uh, of how I look. And so I'll, I'll go and, because I always see myself as, as the fat kid, no matter what I do. No matter how much weight I lose, no matter how in shape I get, and, and I might look, oh, you look good. You lost all this weight. That's great. But when I still look in the mirror, I still see that. And I still see those things, and I'm ashamed of those things. And I, and I continuously go through this roller coaster of life of like, man, I'm doing really well with this, and I'm getting past being ashamed of this. Then all of a sudden, I fall off the wagon, and I go eat three double cheeseburgers, and all of a sudden, I'm right back in the shame game. And then another area of my life that, that really is, is this, this idea of, of success. You know, because I always look at my life, I came from a, a, a household where, where my mom was like this super overachiever. And, uh, and everything she did, she did to perfection. She became the best at it. And because I grew up in that household, I always felt like I had to do the same thing. And so every, everything I've done in life, I, I have to be the best. And when I don't measure up, which is virtually every single time, because there's always somebody better, you know what happens in my life? I feel this deep sense of shame, like I'm not good enough, and I can't do it, and, and man, I can't get past it. And, and, and as I was looking at this, I just started saying, man, why didn't I do this differently? Or, or why didn't I stick to that diet? Or, or why didn't I continue to push through in this area? And I'm gonna guess that I'm probably not the only one that deals with those things. I'm gonna guess that probably for you, there's some areas of your life that if you were to look introspectively, or maybe you don't even have to look introspectively because it just comes right to you, 
You say, man, I'm, I'm ashamed of that. Man, I struggle right here with this thing. And I think the thing about these things that we have regrets in, these, these biggest regrets, these things that we're ashamed of, is they're holding you and I back from the future that God's so intense for us to have. And, and let me just be clear right now, God didn't li- mean for you and he didn't mean for me to live this way. This was never his intent for us to live with all this shame because God wants us free from the guilt. God wants us free from the shame in life. God's original design was this clear conscience, was this this free living, was this idea that, man, we would be shameless and we'd be guiltless and that we would have the freedom to experience life to the maximum capacity, not because of what's hindered us in the past, but because of the greatness of what God designed for us to be. I mean, you can look throughout scripture and you can see right in the very beginning in the book of Genesis, how God established it. It said that, man, in Genesis 2, 25, the man and his wife were both naked. It says that, man, these two, they were completely exposed. There was nothing hidden in their life. There was not a single thing that they were ashamed of. There was not a single thing that they felt guilty about. They were naked. They were exposed to anything and everybody because there was nothing in their life that was hidden. And it says, and they felt no shame. They had no secrets. They had no hidden skeletons in their closet. I mean, they just had this pure heart and this clear conscience. And, and, and they just were able to live in this amazing, abundant life. And then what happened is Satan came and destroyed that freedom. He came and he tricked them. And, and the same thing that happened to them happens to us a lot of times is we get tricked into getting trapped into our past, getting trapped into what's happening in our lives, and the only difference between those people who find and experience freedom and the people who don't experience that freedom is, is how we deal with that shame, is how we deal with the, the guilt that we've experienced in life. And some of us have dealt really, really well from it. Some of us have, have gone and, and found that freedom, but a lot of us, we're living this life that's full of it because everybody has something or someone that's happened to them or been a part of their past that, that shame comes in. And, and when that happens, we have a couple of options of what we can do. And for a lot of us, you know what we do? We just bury that shame. We just bury the shame. I mean, how many of you guys have ever heard the expression, man, you just gotta bury the past. I mean, I've, I've told people that, man. You just, gotta, you just gotta go bury the past, man. You can't keep living that way. You, you gotta go do it. You gotta put that thing to rest. And let me just tell you something. It's nonsense to bury that stuff. It's nonsense to just put that stuff down. And, and many people act like it just didn't happen. I mean, that's exactly what Avon and Eve, would, they did. They think that, man, if we just ignore that thing, if we just try to put it away, that it will just go away. That's why it says in Genesis 3, 7, and 8, then the eyes of both of them were opened. And they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God, as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord. Here was Adam and Eve. They were living this incredible, shameless life, fully exposed, fully clean. All of a sudden, something happened in their life. Something happened in your life. And all of a sudden, our first thing that we do when that happens is we go and hide. Because that's what shame does, is it causes us to go and hide. It's why you, if you have kids out there, when they go take a poop in their pants, you know what they do? They go running behind the, the couch, or they go into the corner and they kneel down, and they hope that you don't see. Why? Because they're ashamed, right? 
they're ashamed. They know that they're doing something that they, they shouldn't be doing, and they're allowing that to dictate in their life. And, and many people, many of us, we, we minimize our past. We just say, oh, it's no big deal. You know, what happened to me is no big deal when in reality was is that it was a very big deal. Or that thing didn't really hurt you when, when in fact, man, that thing is destroying you on the inside. And we just think, man, if I just minimize this, if I just bury this thing, then, man, then nothing really bad is going to happen. If I can just get this out of sight, out of mind, then it, it, it's, it's going to be fine. But it's not true. That's why Jeremiah said, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. And that's what a lot of us are doing, man. We, we're trying to cover up a gunshot wound with a Band-Aid. Just thinking, man, everything's going to be fine. That's just a little bit of blood. Just a little bit of hurt. It's not that big of a deal. And we try to bury it. And they say, peace, peace, and they, when there is no peace. Another way that we try to deal with the past is for a lot of us, we blame others. We blame other people. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve did. It says in Genesis 3.13, this is Eve talking. And it said, the first thing she did is she said, hey, the serpent deceived me. And I ate the fruit. So she right away went to blame. And, and Adam's no better. In fact, like, I'm, I'm just telling you straight up, when I get to heaven, the day I get there, I'm finding this joker and I'm punching him in the throat for ruining it for all of us. But he said, what did he say? He said, the woman, you gave it to me. He was totally playing the blame game. And we love to blame other people. We love to blame other situations. We love to look for a way out. We are always looking for a scapegoat. It's your fault or it's their fault or it's his fault or it's their fault. And we're always looking for somebody to blame. And if we can't find anybody to blame, you know who we blame? We blame God because he's an easy one to blame, isn't he? It's an easy one for the reason that we found ourselves in the situation that we're in. It must be God's fault that we've gotten here. And it, 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 it doesn't work either way. Because here's the thing, no matter how much we blame other people, no matter how much we put it on others, it doesn't change what's happening on the inside of us, does it? Because we know that there's still all this guilt and all this shame. No matter how much we push the responsibility on other people, it's still there within us. Then a lot of us, what we do is we beat ourselves up. We beat ourselves up about the situation that we find ourselves in. And we, we start to administer the self-punishment. And I was in, I was in South America about 11 years ago, and, and, I, and I really got to see this firsthand. I was, I was in Colombia, and I was getting ready to go to a church service, and there was a, there, was a, there was a Catholic church right next to the church service where I was getting ready to speak at, and, and there were people that were crawling on their knees into this Catholic church, and I was like, what the heck are they doing? Why are they, why are they crawling on their knees? And uh, an interpreter came to me and was like, I, well, let me explain what's happening. It's like, because they feel so guilty in life. Because they feel like they are not good enough. What they're doing is to, to make up for all their guilt, to make up for all their shame. They're trying to come and redeem themselves by administering self-punishment. And they'll crawl on their knees for miles to come to church to show their remorse to God. And they actually call it the trail of blood. Because they're trying to earn their way. They're trying to, to prove that, man, man, I'm going to beat myself up. I'm going I'm to get myself here, and I'm going to try to redeem myself. I'm going to try to earn this, this forgiveness. I'm going to try to do all these things. And that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to, he wants us to experience this deep, 
deeply painful experience or this deeply painful thing or get us to make this mistake. And then what happens is, is he wants us to identify with what happened with who we are. And then we become a prisoner to that very thing. We become tormented by that thing. It's exactly what David said. He said, man, I'm drowning in the flood of my sins. And that's how a lot of us feel. We just feel like, man, there's just so many and so it's so huge. How could I ever get past that? And he says, they are a burden too heavy to bear because I've been foolish and I'm worn out and utterly crushed. My heart is troubled. But here's the problem that all of us face with, with self-inflicted punishment is that for you and I, our conscience never knows when enough is enough. We never know when, when to quit. And that's why you see people that are holding on to hurts for 20, 30, 40 years. You see people that are still angry with somebody who did something to them 50 years ago. They can't just let go because they don't know how to let go. But there's definitely a better way of handling our past. And that would be for you and I, we could, instead of just trying to bury it and start to try to, try to blame others for it and, and try to go and, and pay for it ourselves, you know what we can do? We can build upon it. We can build upon these areas that, man, maybe we've messed up on because I believe that God wants to take the junk in our lives, the stuff that the, the enemy meant for bad and use it and grow it in us and use it for something great. Because I don't believe that the reason you've gone through the experience that you've gone through is just so you can have a bad experience, but God wants to use that experience to help other people experience the freedom that he wants to bring to your life. In fact, I was reading in my one-year Bible the story of Joseph, and I was just thinking about this guy's life. And this guy, I mean, if anybody could have had a, a reason to be mad at God, it was this guy. I mean, he was his, his dad's favorite son, and because he was his dad's favorite son, his brother sold him into slavery. That would pretty much suck. And so and he sold into slavery. He gets bought by an Egyptian guy who ends up raising him him up to be the second in command in his house besides himself but this guy's wife wants to sleep with him and because he won't sleep with him he she blackmails him and gets him thrown into prison and that would suck again and then in prison he has God reveals these dreams and frees all these guys and he says hey remember me and they don't remember him and if anybody could have could have had regret and could have been angry about it and could have said, you know what, no, God can't do anything. But God continues to move in his life and doesn't allow the past to just, just dictate it, but he allows God to build something great on it. And he ends up being a deliverer of his people in this great famine. And in Genesis 50, 20, it says this, God had turned into good what the devil meant for evil. And let me just tell you something. God wants to turn into good what the devil meant for evil in your life. He wants to take those shady areas, those gray areas of your life that you think there is nothing good that can come from this thing. And God wants to turn it into something beautiful. I think about my life, man. I grew up in an in a alcoholic and drug-infested home. I mean, my parents got divorced at a young age. I can remember my dad's smoking crack and, and my parents being drunk and, and growing up in bars and, and thinking, man, I you know, what kind of life am I going to have? And then growing up, ending up in addictions in high school to alcohol and, and barely doing well in high school. You know, I, didn't, I wasn't at the top of my class. I was lucky to be in class kind of thing. And, and just looking at all this junk, losing a college scholarship because I was stupid and thinking, God, how can you take this jacked up life and do something amazing out of it? But that's what God does. He takes all the brokenness of your life and my life and if we allow him to, he'll build something incredible in our life. And the goal of today isn't, isn't just so you can, you can just come here and say, oh, man, I've, I've got a bad past. But it, the idea is, is that, man, we can leave yesterday once and for all. We don't have to continue to live there, but we can leave there. And we don't have to any longer be a, a victim of our past. 
Because I feel like a lot of us, we're driving this car of our life and we're looking in the rearview mirror the entire time hoping that we're going to go forward and not run into anything. Because we're so focused on what happened to us in the past. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to go anywhere and just looked at your rearview mirror the entire time and you're trying to move forward in your life, what happens? You get in a lot of accidents, wouldn't you? You'd hit a lot of different things. You wouldn't have much direction in life. And so the reason the rearview mirror is there is so you can glance periodically and see where you've been, but it's not to guide and direct your life. And God's trying to get you to move past the rearview mirror to look through the windshield of the clarity of the goodness of God that he has for your lives. But it's going to take us doing some things. It's going to take us moving from beyond our past. It's going to take us leaving yesterday and recognizing that, you know what, we've, for a lot of us, we've got to admit that we've got these issues in our lives. And this is probably the most painful step in the entire process and this is the, the step that most people have trouble with because we don't want anybody to know that we have an issue. We don't want anybody to know that. And in our culture, it's not acceptable to admit that we have a weakness. And it's why so many of us are struggling today because we're, we're trying to hide those things and say, man, I'm strong, I'm tough, I've got it all together. When we don't, we're, we're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling anybody. Everybody knows that you're jacked up, messed up, and you got issues. They're just waiting for you to admit it. And all of us have made major mistakes. All of us have messed things up big time. Myself included, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the biggest screw up in here. It's amazing to me that y'all would show up here every week and listen to some stupid, jacked up, immature guy that's just figuring it out. Because that's where I am. I don't have it all figured out. I don't get all this stuff. I don't understand everything in this book, but I know this, this book is changing my life. And I know God wants to change your life. One of, the, one of the guys in here, his name is David, man, he made some major mistakes. But you know what he did? He found mercy because he confessed. He admitted that he had a problem. He was brutally honest with God. He held nothing back. I love what he says in Psalms 51, 3 through 5. He says, for I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Listen, let me just tell you something. When you confess to God, God's not like shocked, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. Like, I, I didn't have any clue. Thank you for enlightening. Oh my gosh, I don't know that we can be friends anymore. Like, God's not, God's not blown away by what's happened in your life. Like, he already knows it happened. He already knows. He already knows what's happening in your life. But he wants us to recognize that, man, we need confession because that's where he does something awesome in our lives. In fact, confession is, is, is this two Greek words. It's homo and it's logio. And then homo means same and logio means speak. It means to, to speak the same as God. So basically what it's, it's, it's saying is it's, it's to agree with the things of God. And what happens is, is, is when we go to God and we confess, it says we're saying to God, you were right, God, and I was wrong. That's what confession is. It's going and it's recognizing that, God, you were right and I was wrong. It's one of the reasons why we encourage you to confess to other people so you, you can get honest and real with some other people and connect in connect groups and different areas and, and serving and all these different things so you can get honest with other people and say, you know what, I messed up. God was right and I was wrong, but I want to move forward from here and I want to see God do some awesome things in my life. And when we get in the safety of some good relationships and we do that, man, God does something incredible in our lives. 
But we've got to admit it. And we can't just admit it to God. We've got to admit it to some other people. We've got to see God do this. And when we do, man, we're seeing people experience some tremendous freedom because they're getting real and honest with other people. And if we want to be free in life, if we want to break these bondages, we've got to admit it. But we also have to accept God's forgiveness. Because too many of us, we think God is still upset with us. And, and, and you know what? Religion has done a bad job of this. Because what religion has done is you look at these old cathedrals. They're all dark and they're, they're gothic. And you've got to do all this stuff. And there's all these rituals. And there's these monotone sermons and sad music. And people are on their knees beating themselves up. And, and I don't think... That's really how God is. We have a hard time going to a God that we see as this like dark, mean, kind of boring guy. And that's not how God is. And, and the Bible is clear that that isn't what he wants to do. He doesn't want to reap condemnation on us. He doesn't want to just beat us up. That's why he says, therefore, there is no condemnation. For those who are in Christ, when we know Jesus, man, he doesn't condemn us. It says, Jesus said, he didn't, I didn't come to conf- condemn the world, but I came to, but I came to save it. He didn't come to make you feel sorry. He came here to set you free. And for a lot of us, we've been, we've been bound up because we think we can't go to God. And God's saying, man, I just want to bring freedom to your life. But it starts with you accepting what I'm giving you already. It's a free gift. It's right there for you. And some of us, we need to change our outlook and our picture on God. That's why Psalms 103 says, he does not treat us as our sins deserve. Or repay us according to our iniquities. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions for us. Or in Micah, he says, who is, who is a God like you who pardons the sins and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. See, we've got this picture of God for a lot of us that, that God isn't this gracious and he isn't easy to give things away, but God is sitting there saying, man, I'm, man this is something I give freely. It's something I want to help you get past. I want you to admit it, but then I want to, I want to give you this gift of, of forgiveness that you just have to accept. And once we accept God's forgiveness and once we admit those things, you know what we have to do is we have to forgive ourselves. And I think for a lot of us, this is our hardest step. Because here's the deal. If God doesn't remember it anymore, why do we continue to, to dwell on that thing? Why do we continue to hold on to those things, those expectations of our family, those expectations of other people, the expectations that we heap on ourselves? Why do we continue to, to hold on to those things when God says, man, they're gone and for a lot of us, we keep trying to, to unscramble the eggs that are already scrambled. And God's saying, man, you know, you know what? You can't change that stuff. You got to let it go. And you got to forgive yourselves. In fact, in Isaiah, he says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Some of you guys, you've been living in the past for a long time. He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a, wes- a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I know, but some of you guys are saying to yourself, but I, but I still struggle, man. I still, I still struggle with sin. And God would say, you know what? A righteous person, they fall seven times. He, you know what that means? That means you're going to screw it up again, probably. But for a lot of you, you just stay down. You've been like, man, I've been knocked down. And God's saying, man, get back up. He says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. He wants you to be encouraged today. Man, listen you got to start forgiving yourselves. you got to get back up and get back on the horse and see God do something awesome in your life. And, and, and the last key, and I think that this is, this is the one that, that too many people want to help other people do, but they don't ever do it themselves, and that's we got to focus on our future. We admit 
to God that, man, we've got a problem, that we've got some shame in our lives. And then we, we accept God's forgiveness, and then we start forgiving ourselves. But a lot of us, we don't ever move on to the future that God has for us. And for a lot of us, you know what? We can't unscramble the eggs, but you know what we can do? We can make an omelet out of that. We can make something good out of the broken pieces of our life. And for a lot of us, what, what we fail to do is we don't fail to, we fail to pick up those pieces and make something beautiful out of it. See, God is, God is this incredible God that doesn't want us to just go through life and just, just endure it. And that's what a lot of us have been doing. We've been going through life and we're just enduring it. Like, oh man, I made it another day. Whew. It's only been this bad. I can, I can make it another. But God wants to do something beautiful with it. God wants to take the brokenness in your life and not just say, hey, you're broken. But he wants to say, you know what? I want to use that to help somebody else. I want to use the, the screw-ups in your life to encourage somebody else so they can move past the screw-ups in their life. I want to use the good things in your life to encourage somebody else that good things are for their life as well. It's one of the reasons why we encourage you guys to get involved in, in serving. It's one of the reasons why we tell you to, to get involved and in, in get, in, you know, serve back in kids' ministry because as much as you're messed up, you know what? You can encourage some kids or you can go out there and high-five some people as they're coming in. Your life isn't that bad that you can't smile at somebody. And a lot of you guys, you're just, you're just letting life pass you by because you've been, you've been held back by shame and guilt and all those things. And God's saying, man, it's time for you to step into the game. It's time for you to get off the sidelines. It's time for you to stop standing by and start jumping in and watching me do something incredible with your life. See, the reason we live in gray areas is because we're afraid of stepping out and living by faith. We don't believe that God can do something with our brokenness. Why? Why? Has he not proven over and over and over again that he takes the most jacked up, messed up people and uses them? I mean, that's basically like none of the people in this book were like all that awesome originally. Like you look at their lives and they didn't have a lot going for them. But when they started trusting God and started stepping out and they started saying, you know what, God, you can take this mess that I've made and do something beautiful with it. Transformational. You know what, and today some of you guys have made a mess of your life and God wants to do something beautiful with it and you don't even know where to start. Man, start serving somewhere. Open up your, your worship God and fill that car down and say, man, I just want to get involved. I want to start somewhere. I want to use whatever I have. I don't even know what that is yet. Maybe for some of you, you don't have a clue what that is. We'll help you find it. We'll make something up if it makes you feel better. I don't, whatever. But I believe that God wants to do something incredible for you. This is what he says in Philippians. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to take hold of it. A lot of us, man, we haven't taken hold of our future. But he says, there's this one thing I do. One thing. Forgetting what is behind. Some of you guys, you need to forget what's behind today. 
You need to forget what is behind. And we gotta strain towards what's ahead. Man, straining takes some work, it takes some effort, it takes some endurance, it's a little painful. I don't know if you've ever strained anything, but it, it hurts. He says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know what? Today, some of you guys, you need to press on. You need to press through and you need to, you need to step out and you need to admit to somebody, man, I've, I've got a problem. For some of you, you need to say, God, I accept your forgiveness today. For others of you, it's you gotta forgive yourself. I have a feeling for a lot of you, it's that you gotta forgive yourself. It's easy to forgive others. It's hard to forgive ourselves. But once we do, then we gotta take a step and we gotta say, God, you wanna do something amazing with my life. And I'm tired of living in my past. I'm ready to step into my future and watch God do something incredible in your life. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit Coastal Community dot TV.